How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jeff Pelletier. The purpose of our podcast is a simple question. Why is Israel important? Over the next many episodes, my partner Neil Johnson and I will seek to answer this question. There are just barely over 14 million descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the world today, and about five and a half million of them live in Israel. The rest are scattered across and among the nations. For the sake of our podcast, Israel is both a country and a people. Neil and I are so glad to be back with you to consider the question, Israel, why is the Middle East important? This is the question we would like you to ask yourself, to wonder about it. There must be reasons why the Middle East is important. It's such a big world and Israel is such a little teeny speck on it. It makes me wonder why it gets so much news coverage. It really is a mystery on its face. But as a Christian, I can't get past the fact that so much that is in the Bible is about Israel and the Jewish people. Almost the whole of the Old Testament is about Israel and the Jews. And Jesus and all the apostles were raised Jews and remained Jews their whole lives. Well, here's something to think about. We know from the Bible that the human race started in the Middle East. We also know that scientifically. And we know that the world as we know it now will end in the Middle East as well. So why is that? Isn't that interesting? Isn't, doesn't that make it important? So last time we continued a discussion series on the five most important people in God's unfolding plan for the world. Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and Jesus... Without any one of these doing what they did, you and I would not be talking right now. Now, Neil pointed out that Noah was a type of Messiah as he obeyed God in the process of redeeming humanity and restarting God's plan. Neil, it was because of Noah that we got a second chance with God, right? So why did, why did God decide to restart with Noah and his family. What was so special about Noah? Right. So, as we said last time, he is a type pointing to the future Messiah. So, God started with Noah and his family. God uh, refers to Noah uh, very cryptically, as most of the Bible stories are, as a righteous man in his generation. Mm -hmm. He wasn't corrupted. Mm. And God goes on to say the whole earth was filled with corruption in those days. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was decadent. God was said, he said he was done with humanity. He was finished. Yeah. He'd had enough. Had enough. Had enough. So that's a picture, too, Jeff, as you said. We have timelines, and we always try to point out uh, these patterns because they give you a fuller picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, to study these patterns. And Noah is a pattern, a type of Messiah. Messiah. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the last episode, I actually read in in the entirety the covenant that God made with Noah, uh, with with the human race and Noah and us at the end end of that covenant. And folks can listen to that previous episode to hear that. Uh, But we also get a very interesting bit of law from, from Noah. And you and I have different names for it. I call it the Noadic Law, and you call it the Nagahide Law. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, the, not, the Noadic, what do you call it, the Noah? Oh, okay, bada bing, right? Bada bing, yeah. yeah. What do you call it's it? It's the Noahide Law. The, no, the Nagahide, no, the Noahide Law. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, so those seven laws, right, seven? There are seven laws that the uh, rabbis have deduced, deduced. Uh, from the story. From the story, so seven laws 
it, interesting that it's seven, right? Right. The, the perfect number, seven. Well, there's right? another pattern, there isn't it? There you go, isn't it? Yeah. So, so, and these laws are important because they are reused in, in part Correct. down the road in Acts chapter 15. Right. So let's talk about right. these seven Noahic laws. Sure. Right. So uh, there are other lists from other sources than the Bible that might list them slightly different. But mm-hmm. the seven that we have that we can pull right from uh, the story of Noah uh, uh, are not to deny God, uh, which is uh, worshiping idols or false gods. Do not blaspheme God, which do not deny God in any way. So number three is do not engage in sexual immorality, which again, that's important because that is the reason God said I've had enough with the corruption and we can talk about that later, the mm-hmm. sexual immorality mm-hmm. rampant, mm-hmm. and do not commit murder, do not steal, do not eat of a live animal. Mm-hmm. We see that uh, reappearing again with the blood covenants. Yeah, we do. And number seven, established courts of law. Courts of so law. you mm-hmm. will establish a, a form of righteousness as well to mm-hmm. judge these things by. Mm-hmm. So there's our seven. Now we look ahead, as you said, do we see that echoed anywhere else? Mm. Yeah, and that's from the uh, uh, Acts uh, chapter 15 when the uh, Jews were trying to figure out the, at the Jerusalem Council what in the world do we do with all of these Gentiles yeah. streaming into the faith? Yeah. Again, it was progressive. Yeah. They, they didn't yeah. know. They yeah. had vestiges and hints, yeah. Yeah. but now it was in front of them. And they came up with four laws. So it's important for for us uh, to get to establish, I think, something very important here, that there there was a lot of resistance against letting these Gentiles into the faith because it was considered a Jewish faith by these Jewish people. Correct. And they didn't want these, a lot of them didn't want the Gentiles, or if they did come in, they wanted them to convert completely to Judaism. Yeah, I think that's a more accurate. It wasn't so much that they didn't want them to come in because Judaism, even before the uh, Christianity, if you will, uh, developed or continued or expanded, uh, Judaism at that time was a very uh, evangelical uh, religion. So they wanted people to come in. Uh, The issue was more, what does it take to become a Jew? And so what we read about uh, through the New Testament writings that are just contained in those documents was you had many people who said, yes, they can come in, of course, but they must do certain things. And one of the big ones, of course, was circumcision. They must be circumcised. Must be circumcised. So, Neil, the point, you know, as as I said, that the Holy Spirit was the problem, right? The Holy Spirit was falling on these Gentiles— Peter had these experiences. Paul had this experience, and he's like, "What do we do with this?" Because the Holy God is obviously at work, right? And He's drawing these Gentiles into this faith in Jesus. And I think that's the key for me: is that it was faith in Christ that caught their attention. They wanted Jesus because of the Holy Spirit. Because they had Jesus, they said, "Well, they've got to be." part of us because in some way we have to figure this out because they're definitely you know believers in the same in the same jesus yeah right even in their uh uh, if you want to say ignorance meaning they didn't know the laws they didn't know how to behave uh the supernatural ruach hakodesh the holy spirit was manifesting among these uh goyim Goyim. these nations and of course uh just like today if you went to a a people group and you saw they're receptive and they're interested and there's there's manifestation but they're engaging in all kinds of bizarre actions and acts that are contradictory to God's rules mm. his Torah mm. you would feel it incumbent on you to start the education process absolutely and these Jews thought yeah. they were doing a good thing yeah yeah we have to help these people we and have to help them and that's a that's a great thank God they thought that way, right? It's just amazing. Well, that's what Paul did himself when he writes some of the very specific letters that he points out to some of his uh, uh, cities, the churches in some of the cities, and says, don't be doing these yeah. acts with your yes. <laughs> a 
God does not find certain yes. of these acts uh, yeah. uh, wholly appropriate. Wholly appropriate. But they didn't know. All. But they didn't know. It was normal for them in Greek culture and other cultures. That, and they were like, it was a process of teaching, of course. So, uh, Neil, I, I want to pivot a little bit uh, from Noah because people can go to that last uh, episode and hear, hear, that, uh, hear that episode for themselves. But I just wanted to tie it in for us here. But I want to pivot uh, before we look at Abraham. I want to I want to look at uh, Israel in the present day a little bit because we started doing that last time. I just think it's important for, for because of the question of our show: Why is the Middle East important? Why is Israel important? Israel important? It's important for us to stay current because this is not something old. This is something now, and it's something futuristic as well, right? So. So I want to ask you this question. In your opinion, what uh, nations or people groups are the professed enemy of Israel? Right. So we have a number of uh, wars, battles, and events throughout the Bible of people coming against Israel. Uh, We have a number that are very well known among uh, believers uh, that we call end-time wars and end-time battles. And throughout... All of these wars and battles have always had one purpose and one point, and that was to erase, annihilate the connection of God and the Jews, God and Israel, or the land. So, right up. That was the purpose of all of the wars. Of all of the wars. Just to eradicate the Jewish people. Eradicate the Jewish people. Because and the of, nation of Israel. Right, and going back to Noah, because mm-hmm. uh, while we quote-unquote, in the natural, see this unfolding. The spirit realm also sees this unfolding. Yes. And they see that the unfolding, mm-hmm. the promises were occurring through that lineage mm-hmm. uh, of the Jewish people. Uh, Noah just was the uh, you know progenitor, the start of the history book of the Jews, which is the completely rest of the 98% of the Bible, which is the history of the Jews. <laughs> and by extension, uh, wow. believers who come into that covenant. Yeah, so let's just stop right there for a second. The believers who come into that covenant, all right? So there's no one who's a Christian today, not one person who's a Christian today, that can deny the fact that were it not for the Jews, they would not be Christians. There's no covenant made for them. There's no way anybody can look me in the eye as a Christian and say, and and not understand that. Well, I'm sure there's lots that don't understand it, but it's something really to really appreciate as a Christian. Right. Were it not for the Jews, I would not be a Christian. Well, exactly right. And that, uh, uh, that whole concept, what I like to say and it might sound funny at first, is Jews never convert. No. Gentiles no. convert. That's right. Jews may or may not accept <laughs> the promise and the covenant yeah. already unconditional. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson razor. Henson razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. Only yeah. made two and for them. Yeah. They may or may not, yeah. just like Gentiles, may or may not may accept may not. the covenant. Yeah. But the Gentiles convert. The yeah. Gentiles decide to come yeah. into that covenant. Yeah. Well, no, another way to say it is that we, in order, to con- in order to be part of it, we have to convert. We have to convert. <laughs> we have no choice. And that's what gives rise to these whole, this whole issue of yeah. how does it work? Yeah. What are the Noahide laws? Yeah. Are they still incumbent on yeah. non-Jews? Yeah. Are Jews incumbent to enforce that on yeah. non-Jews yeah. to teach them? Yeah. What about the uh, 
four enumerated laws in yeah. Acts 15 that were that were placed on the Gentiles. Were those yeah. the only yeah. laws? Yeah. Uh, it seems like there could be no, more. No, I think they still didn't want to steal. And right. they still didn't want him to lie. Right. And they still, right. right, the 10. Right. Those 10 were still in force. That's exactly yeah. correct. Yeah. So we still have this whole how does it fit together yeah. issue. But uh, to your point before we talk about their enemies, it yeah. is excruciatingly crucial, crucially important to realize that we are commanded to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yes. That's, Why is that now? Why do you think? I do. Well, it's it's clear to, why. Because, to, okay, as we just said, yeah. if, in fact, there is no Jews, there yeah. are no Jews, there yeah. is no Israel, and there is no epicenter of the universe, yeah. the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, yeah. nothing else can happen. All of the plans that we're talking about, the unfolding, the patterns, yeah. the evidences, yeah. uh, uh, leading up to Jesus... They cannot be fulfilled. It is all dependent on Jews saying, Baruch Habab, Shem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It all depends on Jesus coming to a physical location geographically, the Temple Mount, Mount of Olives, and and making his way into the temple. If I can erase any of that people group, if I can erase any of that geographic reality, if I can destroy the city, which we see throughout, it's all about there being a temple. Everything is about there being a temple. Uh, I can thwart these Mm -hmm. plans. Mm -hmm. I can defeat the plans because Mm -hmm. that hinges. And just as Paul said in uh, Romans, he made it clear, you Gentiles have a duty and a debt. You owe it to the Jews. For from the Jews, salvation is of the Jews. So in order for me to not believe what you just said, I need to allegorize, don't I? You absolutely I do. need to allegorize and say, well, that's not really true. It's symbolic Correct. of thus and so. Like the church is the temple. My body is the temple, blah, blah, blah. Jerusalem is really this. Israel is really that. I need to allegorize the heck out of it in order to make it work right. that it's not true. And you could and that's do that. going be, and that's going beyond the word. Uh, well, in that sense, you could, yeah, and 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 you could say that's true. But throughout, we're warned, both in the New and the Old Testament, yeah. not to do that. Not to do that, that. That is not to do it. Who are you, O man, to tell God? It Correct. says in the book. Correct. Who are you, O man, to tell God what it says? Well, and Jesus Himself said, uh, "Not one jot." Not one, one marking, not one tittle, not one tittle. Yep. decorative uh, writings, as it were, on, yep. on, on Hebrew letters. But also in the uh, yeah. a book of Revelations, probably yeah. the favorite book of yeah. Gentile believers for yeah. prophecy, it says, do not add to this book, do not, do not take away from yeah. this book. So yeah. if you take those principles that I'm not to add or, or take away from some these writings, yep. Then you have to say, wait a minute, when God told Ezekiel that Israel is like a big flashing sign to the Mm -hmm. nations, to Mm -hmm. the Gentiles, saying, hey, hold up. If you miss this, you are in big trouble. Big trouble. And there will be a temple. Yeah. So you see, the, all of these wars, when you when you asked uh, the question, what about their enemies? Who are they? Where are they located now? And so on. They are the same people as they once were. Mm-hmm. There's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. We can talk about them and enumerate them in a series of, of battles and, and collect, uh, uh, cal- uh, calamitous events, as it were, that, that lead up to the uh, arrival of Messiah, the manifestation. But again, it's so crucial to keep in point. These are not just tintillating ideas yeah. or something new. These are patterns that are being fulfilled and, yeah. and further clarified, elaborated, and revealed to a culmination. And Jeff, you said, can I allegorize? We yeah. have allegorized everything to the point of ad nauseum in yeah. Christianity. There's so many different ways of doing it. But here it is today in front of us. See, the only thing we can know as believers, Jeff, yeah. the only thing you can know yeah. today, because we can dispute all kinds of other theological issues, yes. all kinds of them. Yes. The big one today is a rapture, yes or no. Healing, yeah. is it for everyone, yes or no. Yeah. Actually, there's whatever your thing is that yeah. you've got going to, yeah. this is the only thing we can know, and that is Israel is a nation born again, brought back from the dead bones that weren't alive as per Ezekiel from the Holocaust, 
restored in a short span of a generation, and there they are. And now, who are their enemies? Well, any enemy who would seek to find evil in that. But they do manifest in nations and groups and organizations today. And these enemies... Uh, and before we talk about the enemies, I had this I had this point in my head I wanted to bring out because it's very easy for you listeners, talking to listeners right now, it's very easy for you to sit here and listen to us talk about Israel like we think it's perfect. That's not true at all. Jews are sinners like everybody else. This nation of Israel is not perfect. It has made mistakes. It will make mistakes. Uh, it's not about that. The title of our show is Why Is It Important? That's the title of the show. It's not about whether they're right or wrong or perfect or imperfect or sinners or not sinners or this or that. And there's a lot of people who think the Jews can do no wrong. They're so Zionistic that they can't think, they see the Jews can't. No, no, that's not what this is about. They are a sinner. They are sinners like us. They make mistakes like us. But they are important. And they're critically important. And as the nation of Israel is important. And the fact that they have enemies is proof and that's the proof we're going to talk about right now, that they have right. zealous enemies who seek their destruction. Right, and and as you just pointed out, that's what we keep trying to portray, is that these are patterns. These are not saying anybody has reached uh, perfection yet. Only one that we're going to someday get to is the perfect, and that's the Messiah, Jesus. He is the perfect. These others are patterns. Noah was not perfect. Even though he was called righteous in his generations, we find things that we could certainly say were anything less than totally righteous. They were not perfect, in other words. So while he had righteousness and was righteous in God's eyes, he was not the perfect. As far as the enemies, why can anybody be against Israel? As I said, we are commanded to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It is an imperative. You will do this. You will pray. So why do we pray for that? We pray for that because of the promise that comes if it cannot be derailed, which it cannot be, Mm -hmm. but we're seeing everything trying to derail Mm -hmm. it today. Mm -hmm. It will succeed. But the benefit to all humanity is this messianic period of peace on earth, if you will, joy and a Mm relearning of how to think and act to your fellow man. Uh, to love your neighbor, as it were, to have peace, to have uh, a harmony in, in the earth. Also, for Christians who, this sounds strange, or maybe we talked about before, who were maybe brought up in a religion that said it was all allegorical or even outright hostile to, to the Jews, because they take a few of the in-house criticisms of Jesus toward Jews, and they use that as their bases for uh, anti-Semitism. In other words, there are places, there are places in scripture where even Jesus is mad, if you will, at uh, the the functionaries of Judaism of his day, and he used language like the synagogue of Satan and so on when he was mad at it. That's in-house criticism. But who is the peace of Jerusalem, Jeff? We're commanded to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Well, the peace of Jerusalem intertwined with the temple in Jerusalem, aligned with, inseparable from, is the Messiah himself. So if you are claiming, I believe in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, but I'm anti-Semitic, well, that isn't harmonized, that isn't interlaced, intertwined. And if you are not, but you're confused, well, if you have a hard time playing for physical, actual, Jews, Israel, Jerusalem, also then you can say, well, the peace of Jerusalem is in fact Messiah, so I can't be against that. So in Ephesians chapter 2, again, I go to Ephesians a lot because it's amazing how Paul pulls it together there. He says that Jesus, Jesus himself is our peace. Right. Right. So that's the peace. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Pray for the peace. The peace. Of Jerusalem. Of Jerusalem. Jesus is our peace. Right. So he's in, tr- what you're saying is powerful, right? Right. That it's inseparable. It's totally inseparable. Jesus is Israel in that sense. Mm-hmm. Israel mm-hmm. is the Messiah mm-hmm. in that sense. Mm-hmm. You cannot have one without the mm-hmm. others. Uh, and again, it's not to elevate, like some people do, to a sacred state uh, uh, of, of just blind uh, worshiping any and everything they do or, or let me become more pharisaical than the Pharisees yeah. or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But it is to know 
we are not to come against Israel because we see in Scripture, Jeff, these uh, recordings. Some of them are very terse. One of the battles, one of the enemies recorded in times past that we see again coming up, came, Sennacherib came with his general Rev Sheka. We know what happened to him. It's recorded. 185,000 of his men were killed the next night because God said, I had enough of his blaspheming and boasting and coming against a righteous representative Jew. Hezekiah. Hezekiah. And in Scripture, it's, it's recorded. One angel did that, Jeff. Mm. One night. Wow. One angel. Quote or what? But if you think ahead and say, well, Jesus himself said, I lay down my life willingly. Yeah. This must be done. Nobody takes it. So, in other words, nobody's any more or less responsible. The Romans, i.e. the Gentiles, or the Jews, i.e. the chosen for my purposes, I lay it down, but I could call legions to get me down or save me if I wanted. Well, if you compare that to one to kill 185, what could legions do? What could legions do? Multiply, multiple times wipe out the world. Pilate knows exactly what a legion is. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) He's speaking language that Pilate knows. Right, right. They all knew. So So, so let's go back to the enemy. So that's that's an example, though, of of an Old Testament enemy. Babylon was an an Old Testament enemy. Right. Philistines, Old Testament enemy. Seeking to destroy Israel, it's all through the book, right? They want to kill, they want to kill and destroy it, and and, and uh, so it just continues. It just it, continues. It continues. So their goal is that their wish, their prayer, even, is the death and destruction of Israel. Yes, and what's so sad about that is that. Of all the kitchen hacks I know, Better Than Bouillon is my favorite. It's great for broth, of course, but you can also use Better Than Bouillon as a flavor enhancer. Just a spoonful adds so much flavor to stir-fry, sauces, even marinades. Plus, they have reduced sodium and organic options. And the culinary collection, which includes amazing flavors like Italian herb and smoky chipotle. Make everything better with Better Than Bouillon. For free shipping on two or more jars, use code BETTER at betterthanbouillon.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So many of them have been deceived, if you will, into thinking that by doing so, this is a righteous thing. Yeah, a this righteous a, thing. This is a good thing. Yeah. And you see that across uh, uh, religions, mm-hmm. but also across denominational sects. There are many Christians, quote-unquote, who are rabidly anti-Israel. They anti-Israel. say anti-Israel, but at the yeah. end of the day, it's just anti-Jews. Yeah. They are against God's plan. Yeah. In-house criticism, if you will, we yeah. talked about. Yeah. Uh, and they are against God's plan. And some of that comes across from Christians as just complete disengagement from Israel. It doesn't matter. Right. Right, which is what we're talking about, that it matters. Correct. They just disengage from it completely and say, well, Israel is just, it's it's past history. Right. It's not a deal. It's a made-up government, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Right? That's that's one form. Then there's others, though, that are, that are anti-Israel. They stand against the Christians that stand against it and want it not to exist. Right, and that's what we talked about when Jesus was saying some in-house criticism. I mean, he had real problems with the priesthood that was not the correct lineage and so on, that he was railing against the manifestation that was claiming to wrap itself in certain, you know, clothing, uh, but it was in-house criticism. He definitely was not speaking against all of his people because he went far more verses about the promises are forever and how much he loves them and he wept over Jerusalem and all of the early church, all of his disciples they were all Jews Uh, so he couldn't have been against all Jews or Israel he absolutely wasn't but it was in-house and that's what we have today we have people claiming to be Christians claiming that they believe in the writings to whatever degree 
and yet they don't understand the prophetic significance, which is what we are attempting to do here is say, let's be forensic believers, Jeff. Forensic, I love that, forensic. Let's keep digging and finding patterns, types, pictures, hints, innuendos till we get to the perfect. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So, so to to say it doesn't mean this; it means that. You know, we talked about this many times. We're just going to keep repeating it, folks. What does it say? What does the Bible say? What does that mean? And what do I do? We don't reinvent what it says, and we don't reinvent what it means. We base it on its face first. Right. Well, one very famous quip. There's so many that are. As somebody pointed out, uh, one particular pastor was talking about how everything changed with Jesus. Everything's yeah. different. It's all yeah. different. Yeah. In other words, as we've said before, God ceased being the mean old Old Testament God and became this nice, new, loving, who does everything I want him to do, <laughs> right? And so somebody asked him, well, pastor, what does it mean when it says the promises to Israel forever mm. and everlasting and, everlasting and if covenant. the sun and sea if the sun and moon could cease to shine and so on how, yeah. forever what does that mean he said simple that just means till Jesus came oh, so okay. it goes to what you're saying you have oh. to allegorize yeah. and not stay consistent with yeah. the uh, uh, harmony of the plain and literal meaning first yeah Yes, you take other, you take parables to, to elaborate the Absolutely. story. They're called Midrash in, in, in Judaism. You take yep. Remez, which what we're talking about, which is the rabbis teach you must learn to put together these pieces. Some are very obvious. Some are just microscopic. But you're being a forensic scientist, if you will, as a believer, putting together a whole fuller picture. And lastly, you get to what Paul said. And only lastly, you climb the ladder and you get to what's called the secret meanings. So sometimes you get this, this revelation after you take the plane and you and, and you move your way up the ladder, you'll say, oh, I see that, that nugget. That's, that's unbelievable. It's consistent. But we always start first and base everything else on what does the plain, literal meaning say. And that's what you must always follow and do. So, Neil, uh, previously I, I looked up on uh, Google examples of hate speech against Israel. Very clear, right? Examples of hate speech against Israel, and I clicked go, right? The first thing that came up the first thing at the very top was examples of hate speech by Israel. That's not what I asked for. That's not what I asked for. So why would Google, why would Google see it in its, why does Google see its right to flip what I asked for? So whether it's bad or good, right? I mean, if you're brought up in the way of the Lord, you'll continue in your role, the Bible says. Yep. And if it's wrong or yep anti-God's plan. It's so enormously difficult. But when you talk about enemies, too, I think a quote is really, really interesting. Let's hear it. And the quote was, Benjamin Netanyahu said this recently. He is, of course, the prime minister of Israel, known all over the world. So here we have a prime minister of a speck, a dot. A a neighborhood in the world. A neighborhood, right? And and everybody knows who he is. Yes. Uh, by sight, no uh, less. Oh yeah. By sight, they yeah. recognize him, and he was—he was actually, I think, it seems he was going back to what's attributed to Golda Meir, and the quote was this: "If our enemies put down their weapons today, there would be no more violence. Mm. If the Jews put down their weapons today, there would be no more Israel." Wow. Right. It's true. Right. It's true. If they stop defending themselves, they'll just be wiped out. And any defense of themselves is perceived as aggression, warfare, mm-hmm. hatred, as though an entire people have this agenda. Okay. So what you just said was an example of flip speech. Correct. Any Anything they do for defense is considered aggression. Aggression. Or if they say... Okay, Israel, the United Nations, they try to pretend to be these moderators of world uh, morality, and they say, okay, granted that Hamas, Hezbollah, 
Muslim Brotherhood, uh, Iranian proxies of one sort or another, ISIS. Sure, they lobbed 400 missiles at you before you went in with great force and took them out. Uh, But that was disproportionate uh, damage. You shouldn't have have fought back that Mm -hmm. hard. In other words, Mm -hmm. a dead Jew... That's not news. Yeah. <laughs> Dead Jew? No news. No news. No news. A collateral damage yeah. brought on by themselves yeah. of a quote unquote innocent civilian yeah. who gets hurt in the carnage yeah. of the retribution by Israel, brought on by themselves, mm-hmm. lobbing missiles indiscriminately mm-hmm. anywhere mm-hmm. in Israel. That's news. But a dead Jew? No news. Say, I, I want the listener right now to pause and think, you know, we're, we're supposed to be getting towards Abraham here, and we're, and we're doing it, but we're focused on Israel right now as part of this show. It's why does the Middle East, Israel, and the Middle East matter? Ask yourself this question if you're listening right now. Why is Iran wanting to develop a nuclear weapon? Why? To shoot it at Turkey? No. No. To shoot it at the United Arab Emirates? No. To shoot it at Saudi Arabia? No. To shoot it at Egypt? No. Why would? Why on earth would? Why on earth would Iran want a nuclear weapon? There's only one reason why they would want it: to destroy Israel. Correct. And it's just plain as day. And why does the world help facilitate, knowingly or unknowingly? And. Uh, as you said, uh, uh, when you read, why does the search for hate speech against come up hate speech by? And yeah. That, and that that's yeah. a, 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 Amazing. a spirit thing. But again, we're told in the writings that the sons of light will be at war with the sons of darkness mm. in those quote-unquote latter days. And yeah. again, that's where we're trying to head yeah. to. But we always like to give yeah. as much sort of background and foundation upon which we can continue our forensic unfolding, if you yes, will, our yes. patterns, our, yeah. our, our vestiges of yeah. truth, yeah. till we get, hopefully, to a, a, a realizing that it all points to the perfect. It does. And it the does. perfect comes back at some point in great distress to Israel, by yeah. the way. We're talking about enemies yeah. now and their, yeah. their sinister motives that yeah. God writes about in the Psalms and in, through the prophets, that I know your thoughts, I know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. And just as uh, I think we mentioned earlier, just as uh, Sennacherib's general, uh, Rev, uh, uh, I can't even, I don't even know how to say his name uh, right now, as he came and taunted Hezekiah Mm. and blasphemed God, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. That's that is exactly what we have going on right now. And those using those same words, and God fought for Israel at that picture in that type, and it was enormous. Mm-hmm. We know that when the perfect comes again, of which these are all pointing to Him, we want our our listeners to get these these patterns to be firm in their belief system that this Messiah comes back for one purpose. Yes, for all humanity. But it only happens through the salvation and the intervention for the Jewish people, for Israel, and on behalf of Jerusalem and the ultimate temple that he will himself inhabit again. Mm -hmm. That's what all of this is about. Mm -hmm. To whatever degree of frontal consciousness that people who are against Israel recognize it, who knows? Some absolutely recognize it and hate it. Mm. There are even religions that hate Israel. But it's justifiable hatred. It's like 1933 Germany. I only hate you Jews in Israel because you're so evil. You're yeah. so wicked. Yeah. You're so bad yeah. that you're forcing me yeah. to hate you. If yeah. it wasn't for you, we'd all yeah. be happy. And here's a clue. Hitler created ghettos. He created, there wasn't ghettos in the world. He created them. We talk about ghettos in America. We don't like them. Well, they were created for Jews to live in. They, right. they rounded them up and they put them in the ghetto first, and then they went to the concentration camp. Because once they had them all in one place, then they knew where they were. Right, right. So it it it, it just like when when you had read at one point the uh, Palestinian charter, the uh, charter of Hamas, uh, their charter that talks about the complete and absolute destruction mm-hmm. of Israel and the Jewish people, mm-hmm. so that we can then all be happy. 
and we will all have peace yeah. and love yeah. and kumbaya. If it weren't for Israel, we would all have peace. And if it weren't yeah. for Israel, we wouldn't have war. If it weren't for, yeah. So that's the real problem we have today, that just like in uh, Nazi Germany, if you are indoctrinated enough, if you are bombarded enough, if you are told one narrative and only one narrative yeah. to think about yeah. enough, mm-hmm. it's your first learned response and why Hitler could count on great intellectuals, seriously thinking men, smart men, capable uh, academics who thought, yes, this sounds absolutely right and feasible, and you, 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 we think, how could that be? Well, it's in front of us today with all of the boycott, divestment movement of sanctioning Israel with the academics around the world who want nothing to do with Israel. They want to divest. They want to boycott. They want to sanction because it sounds... So it isn't even just people who don't know. It's people who are educated, but they've heard one narrative. Mm-hmm. And we are trying to, again, show these patterns and types to, know, to show there's another narrative. And it all hinges on the fact of there being Israel, Jerusalem, and the Jew in the land. Wow. So, Neil, as I was reading the Palestinian Charter, and I recommend, guys, you read, uh, go online and just type in Palestinian Charter and read, read what it says. Uh, it's a very interesting read and how it's written and how the words that it's used and how it's couched. And, and you have to get down into, like, Article 10 or 12, <clears throat> excuse me, 10 or 12, before you start to see what's really going on, uh, the destruction of Israel through armed conflict. And it takes a while, but you really should read through it. It's really interesting. But it talks about Zionism in that document. You know, what's a Zionist? Okay, so now we do the opposite of what we just talked about. A Zionist, other than how it's been tainted and slandered yeah. through people who have vested motives yeah. uh, against Israel, a Zionist at its core just means a person who believes that, well, one, Zion is important. Zion is synonymous with uh, Jerusalem or Israel uh, when they say Zion. And a Zionist is one who believes that the Jewish people, the historic Hebrew Israelites, have a right to that geographically defined location on the globe. And from... Because of the Bible. ...up Israel... Uh, so many people say that was so horrible. Well, they carved up the whole Middle East, and it's not the first time many kingdoms and yeah. so on that had power throughout history carved up their empires. Mm-hmm. So, yes, but not only was Israel carved up, but so were all of the surrounding countries around Israel sure. carved up and given yeah. artificial borders yeah. based on all kinds of things. But yeah. Israel's was based on the fact that they have the longest continuous soul reign of that land. No other people people. has occupied a land longer Longer. in the current day other than the Jews in Israel. Well, Jerusalem has never been a capital of any other people other than the Jews. Uh, The the Jewish presence and and grant to the land, even when they were uh, uh, out of the land, brought out by Various the uh, exodus from sure. Babylonian and so on, and so forth. after yeah. the destruction of the temple right. in seventy by the Romans, yeah. there were always Jews in the land. Yeah, even after the Jews always prayed, yeah. always prayed during Passover. Mm-hmm. Uh, next year we'll be back in Jerusalem. All of the communities made these prayers. There's wow. hundreds and hundreds. I don't even remember. It's like seven hundred or, or maybe more references in the Old Testament to Jerusalem to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yep. Let yep. me not forget Jerusalem. Yep. So they carved up that land with these kind of ideas in mind and more. Mm-hmm. Jordan, for instance, mm-hmm. was given to Israel at one time, but the Arabs, of course, uh, rebelled so much that uh, eventually Great Britain uh, uh, gave in to that uh, pressure, and they carved up another, quote-unquote, fake kingdom, if you will, of, of the Jordanians. And Israel today is a legitimate Air more so than any other people group of any other uh, nation, if you will, with boundaries in the globe today. So a Zionist is someone who believes that the Jews have a right to that land. 
And if you take it further and say, okay, a Christian Zionist or a spiritual Zionist, then you say that's even further than that and says, wait a minute, this all goes back and hinges on what you and I keep discussing, the, this pattern, this uh, forensic digging in this word of what will it be like if the Jews have control and they rule and reign with Messiah. And it talks about, again, the law, the Torah, the guidance will come forth from Jerusalem. The nations will go up to Jerusalem three times a year at the three migratory festivals again to worship Messiah there, worship God there, and blessing and peace will come out of Zion. So it, it, it encompasses all of that, which ultimately leads to a very good thing to be a Zionist, even though it's been slandered as a negative thing. Yeah, it's, it's, Zionism is used uh, because of the sound of the word. So we're in a politically correct era, politically correct. So they take words and they use them the way they want to in order to make a point. And when you Zion, Zionism, <clears throat> excuse me, Zionism by itself, it's a sound, it's a sound that doesn't sound good or positive. It sounds, but it's, it's a, it's a phrase, it's a word that, that Zion, in, Zion is the mount on which Jerusalem resides. Right, yeah, Mount Zion. Right. So, and it's uh, mentioned many times throughout. Zion is the mount on which Jerusalem resides, folks. That's all it is. It's not a bad word. To be a Zionist means you believe that that chunk of land belongs to Israel and the Jews. That's all it means. And as we said, just to reiterate, if you go back historically without any spiritual connection at all, they have the most right of anybody to of that. Anybody land. else. And right. of course, then if you overlay that with a spiritual belief, because you believe these Jewish documents are correct and accurate, yeah. which again goes back to our point that the only thing a person who believes can know, because you can debate everything else. We've got hundreds of sects and parts yeah. Yeah. Part of, of Christianity. Yeah. The only thing you can be sure of and know is that, oh my goodness, there are these ancient identifiable people group in the same geographical dot on the globe that God said, I give this land, my land, to you to inherit forever. So even though they've been out of the land for the most part, or most of them, at different periods for different reasons... The idea that they will all be restored is emphatically prophesied from the very first book of the Bible mm-hmm. all the way through the prophets, Ezekiel mm-hmm. specifically, mm-hmm. and Jesus who talks about it as a matter of fact mm-hmm. when I return or when yes. Matthias returns yes. and the temple. It, yes. was, it didn't even need to be elaborated. It was so completely understood. Completely understood. That's a Zionist. And, and in the, at the end of the book... In, Revela- in the Revelation, it says that uh, a new Jerusalem, a new city, comes down and rests upon the old. Right. Same spot. Right. right. The same spot. Right. It's not a new spot. It's the same spot. Right. And that gets you back into our whole uh, discussion we've had about this, this timeline that uh, maybe we'll elaborate again a little further that is replete throughout scripture pointing out that time is a created mm-hmm. uh, creation of God. Yeah. It has a beginning. Yeah. Thus, when you read in the beginning, it's yeah. in the beginning of the story yeah. of what I'm doing here now. At the start of the beginning. At the, uh, at the very yeah. beginning of the beginning. Yeah, the, the beginning of the story I need you to hear about. Yeah. We don't have to get into old earth, new no, earth, and no, all that. No, but no. Here, that for our purposes, and yeah. that story, yeah. that period of a created thing called time, time. that comes to an end mm-hmm. has a 6,000 year period that then goes into the seventh day mm-hmm. of a thousand year period. Mm-hmm. Remember Peter, he referred back to the Psalms who said a day with the Lord is a thousand years yeah. and a thousand years is yeah. as a day. Yeah. So it's repeat when we go forensically and look at, well show me some pictures of that. Yeah. Show me some types. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens Jeff at the end of that seventh day spiritually again Zion, the temple, the holy city comes down and descends, and time ceases at that point. As we understand it, it ceases at that point. Well, Neil, this has been uh, an awesome conversation. 
because it's a conversation, folks, it goes where it goes. Uh, we were we were going to talk about Abraham today, but <clears throat> excuse me, but we're out of time. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna stop at this point, and I just want to just want to ask you to read that Palestinian charter uh, to to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, folks. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Next time that we meet, we're going to go back. We're going to talk about the Tower of Babel. Spend a little bit of time on the Tower of Babel. And then we're going to go right into Abraham. Abraham, who's the third person, the third person that we will meet with whom we cannot do without. Okay? Uh, the, of the five, he's, he's, he's huge. We're probably going to do a number of shows on Abraham. Pretty amazing, essential person in, this, in the story of God's plan and God's unfolding plan. Of, uh, of why the Middle East and Israel are important. So uh, thanks, for, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, check us on Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? Also, you can k- type that into Facebook and find our Facebook page and like our Facebook page. That would be awesome. We post our shows on Facebook as well. It would be great for you to interact with us on Facebook. If you go to our Spreaker.com uh, address, you see an email to contact us. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. One of these days, folks, we're going to do a live show. And when we do that live show, you'll know it on Facebook, and you'll be able to uh, talk to us. You'll be able to interact with us as we do the show. But we're looking forward to that because we want dialogue about this issue because it's so important. If we ignore Israel, if we ignore the Jews, if we ignore God's plan, we do so at our, I don't want to say peril, but we do, we, we, we lose a great deal. We lose a great deal and we suffer a great deal if we ignore it. So I will bless those who bless you, he said to Abraham, and I will curse those who curse you. He's talking about Israel and the Jews. Okay, so thanks, folks, for coming uh, to staying with us today, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, Be blessed. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.